some individuals do the right thing as far as going to get the knowledge. They will even hire coaching, which is not a bad idea. But without you actually putting that into action, it's just not going to happen. Hey guys, David Robinson here. Welcome to the Lead Sponsor Podcast. Really excited about our guest in our episode today. I've got George Abreu with me. George, welcome to the show. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me. So George is a full-time multifamily real estate investor and CEO of Elevate Commercial Group. He focuses on 100-unit C and B-class properties and also does new development projects. He has acquired over 5,000 doors, just shy of 6,000 doors and 400 million in assets under management. He is also the CEO of JNT Construction, which focuses on helping multifamily investors with their due diligence and full renovation. So George, as I always say, that's a very short bio. And uh, you know, our podcast is all about the journey. So we'd love to back up and hear a little bit about your backstory uh, how you got into the real estate investing world and ultimately into multifamily syndication. And uh, and then we can take it from there. Absolutely. I guess it started back in college, right? I, I decided to study to be an electrical engineer and there really was no passion there. I, I decided to do that because I was good at math. I was good with numbers. So that was the path I took. But couple years into it, I, I knew I didn't want to be an engineer. I knew I didn't want to sit in a cubicle or just, I wanted to be a part of something bigger. And that's when I started looking into owning my own business and what that was going to be and did a lot of research on successful individuals. And I kept coming across real estate. You know, they either built their wealth that way or they created more of it using real estate. So I started looking into, okay, how do I invest in real estate? Got my real estate license, my mortgage broker license, which I then realized I didn't have to, but I don't know. I thought that was the path. And then finally ran into a single family real estate investing coach, uh, Ron Legrand, for anybody in that industry. He's been around for forever. And you know, paid for him to be my coach and um, started doing some deals. By that time, I had graduated with my degree and I was working at UPS in the engineering department, still knowing that that's not what I was going to do. Finally did enough deals on on the real estate side where, you know, I felt like I was actually losing money by being at my W-2. So I quit. That was about 16 years ago now. Started doing a single family full time, went into, we did a lot of fix and flips and wholesales. That's what kind of pushed me to open the construction company was I, I ran into the bottleneck of contractors and, you know, I was trying to push 50, 50 plus fix and flips per year. So started the construction company. It worked, you know, we, we were able to scale and, and pump out quite a bit. Started doing small multifamily, new construction. At one point, I found myself pretty stretched, pretty thin. You know, the construction company was taking on a life of its own as well. And I had started a roofing division within the construction company. 
So there was a lot going on. And that was around the same time I got introduced to multifamily syndications. And that really opened my eyes into, wow, you know, I can instantly scale buying a hundred plus units and I don't need to have millions of dollars myself. You know, I can bring together partners and, and, and take it down like that. So I quickly began to transition everything to focus all my time towards, towards multifamily with the construction company, with the investments. I cut the fat wherever I could. I really, really started focusing on building the multifamily portfolio. That was about four, four and a half years ago. And like you mentioned, you know, since then we've we've acquired close to about six six thousand units, exited out of about fifteen hundred of those, and um, goal is to hit ten thousand this year. I see no reason why we can't, and continue to grow from there. All right. Well, you make it sound super easy. <laughs> I'm sure you uh, hadn't had any roadblocks along the way, or yeah, anything like no, that, right? No, no, it was completely <laughs> paid off for me. And- <laughs> Well, look, uh, you're, you know, you're being very, uh, you know, uh, modest when, when you uh, explain what you've done. I mean, you know, you started four years ago and, you know, you didn't ramp up to, to you know, there wasn't equal increments of 6,000 units acquired in that first year compared to what you've done in the last year, I'm, I'm assuming. So there was this uh, ramp up period, but I mean, to think about what you've accomplished in the last three years, um, what does it take I mean, there's a lot of people that get into this space. They have an interest in getting into multifamily. They they have big visions of what they want to accomplish, but uh, not everybody is able to go and acquire six thousand units in you know we'll call it three years. What is different about you than maybe other people who have the same dream? Uh, you know, I would say. Taking action, you know, it, it's some individuals do the right thing as far as going to get the knowledge. They will even hire coaching, which is not a bad idea, right? Learning from others' experiences and fast track things. But without you actually putting that into action, it's just not going to happen. And I mean, I see it all the time. Even when I started with the single family, you know, we would go to these seminars and We'd see the same people over and over and they hadn't done anything. And yet we've, you know, done over a million in, in, in real estate within a couple months. And it's because I, I don't waste time. You know, I take I take the information, I let it process, and then I know what I need to do and I come up with a plan and, and do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, you know, very simply and well said. It's mm-hmm. literally about just taking action. Here's the challenge. Many people get stuck in in a place of fear in the unknown. There's a lot of moving parts in, as you step into the commercial multifamily realm. And so they can be paralyzed by all the unknowns that are there. You clearly have been able to push through it, and many others have, especially in, in a, a volatile real estate market over the last three years. I mean, you you came into the space, and then we've had chaos for the last three years, right? So is there anything that, as it relates to taking action and dealing with all the unknowns around commercial real estate, do you have any strategies, tactics, tips, practices that you've developed to be able to take decisive action 
in the face of all the unknowns and all the unpredictability in the business? Yeah. To answer that quickly, yes. Look, I think one, you need to have your goals, right? You start with the goals. What, how big do you want to get? How quick do you want to get there? Who are you going to need to get there? And don't discount the systems you're going to need to also get there, if, especially if you want to scale. Then you're going to set your criteria, right? What, what type of properties are you going after? What? Look, we've, especially now, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of, um, you know, industrial is looking great. Oh, storage looks great. This looks great. You know, the first decision I made was I'm going to own multifamily. Like I'm going to go in that space and I'm going to take over that space in a sense. Do I like other asset classes? Yes. And, and do I get excited at some stuff? Yes. But I don't let it distract me. I, first things first, I'm going to build a massive portfolio in multifamily. And then once that's built out and I've got all the systems and I want to go after other stuff, sure. Why not? And then staying true to, to that criteria, whatever it is, you know, go after those things. At the same time, make sure that you're flexible because like mm. you said, the market's going to change. It's like the real estate cycle. We all know that's what it goes through, right? You've got to be flexible at times um, if you're going to keep doing deals through every uh, phase in the cycle. There's money to be made at, at all phases, but you've got to be able to flex. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk right now uh, and just on this topic of being flexible. Deals are becoming leaner and leaner. People are having to be more aggressive than they have in years past. And uh, I, w- I, w- I had an opportunity to listen in on a panel discussion of a, a few really impressive uh, operators. And uh, a couple of them have sat on the sidelines the last three years stating, you know, each year, hey, the market's shifting, the market's shifting, people are being too aggressive. Then the other operator said, hey, I've been in the game. Yes, I've had to adjust and be flexible. But uh, if I had sat on the sidelines, there, w- there was a lot of opportunity left on the sidelines if I wasn't playing in the game. We're always careful about saying, hey, we're pushing our limits on underwriting or you know, uh, our, our assumptions about what's happening in the market. Is there a healthy balance of pushing those assumptions to get deals done while still trying to remain conservative? I think do, you fi- do you find yeah. yourself having to work that balance? Always, man. Always. As you know, it's all about the assumptions you make in, in your performa, whether something looks like a deal or not, right? You know, there's a lot of uh, things that can be pulled on to, to make those returns look different. So. Yeah, you, you got to be careful. I'm, you know, I don't want anybody to think that we're super aggressive on our underwriting either. I mean, we stay pretty true to our overall objective is to, to buy at a low basis. So we're, you know, we, all, we think the money's made on the purchase, even in multifamily. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing that we're always after is, is a low basis. On top of that, the, the locations, you know, we we want to make sure we don't get burned because we went into the wrong area. That's mm. that's one, which everything looks like a great location right now, right? But you got to dig one step further 
and see why why it looks like that you know what if those rent bumps are are sustainable if they're you know what companies are coming there where what is driving the economy um if something was to go wrong in whatever sector you know is it going to affect the the financials but yeah you, you've got to find that healthy balance because at the same time right you can not be flexible on some of this stuff and, and and change as the market goes and then you're on the sidelines like you said and right. how does that look when you look at the inflation and the fact that you just kept all this money out of real estate when you should have had it in there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know you've got a busy day today and, and I want to be respectful of your time, but there's another topic that I want to cover with you, which is uh, you've leaned heavily into building strategic partnerships. And it seems you know that you're you're not shying away from that. You're really going hard at, at really trying to connect with quality people and and build strategic partnerships that can help you get to your ten thousand units this year. Any any advice or any thoughts you have on finding and partnering with quality people? Yes, um, there's like I've learned over the years, what sixteen years of of owning my own businesses and partners and hiring employees starts with the people. And I I know you hear that a lot, but it's so true. Like you've got to make sure that your morals and your core values align with that individual is number one. If they don't, don't go any further. I mean, and then, you know, you've got to vet them. You've got to do your homework and you got to decide if it's for you. I mean, partnering with others isn't for everybody. But it's one way that I found to 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 scale, you know, versus taking on the overhead and, and hiring this massive team right away. The way we've had success is, is finding strategic partnerships, uh, growing in that sense, and then while growing our internal team as well. What's uh obviously you mentioned 10,000 units in 2022. What's What's the future of Elevate com- uh, Commercial Investment Group beyond maybe 2022? What are you building? Yeah, so I mean, I want to start holding on to more of the, the properties and really, I mean, my, my large, large goal is to get somewhere closer to 100,000 units. So, you know, my plan is to, to continue to grow exponentially every year. And uh, from a geographic perspective, you guys mainly focus on uh, Texas, uh, Houston market. Is that correct? You know, we have a good portion of our portfolio in Houston and Dallas, but we're open to going after the deals, you know, where we feel it's priced right and the market has has room for growth. You know, we've had a lot of success in, in smaller sub-markets as well. We are selling one right now in Augusta, Georgia, which we acquired at about 50 a door and selling it for 105 a door, I want to say, within one year. We've got another one in Oklahoma, a smaller market there, and it's doing amazing. So majority in Texas, but we also own in Oklahoma, Georgia, closing a deal in South Carolina Mm. today as we speak. Florida, we've got one under contract in Florida and continuing to grow there. So and that's with the strategic partners too. It, it helps as sure. one of the main things we have is, is investors looking for deals for us. And then um, they bring it to us. And uh, if we like it, we, we help them get it close. 
Yeah. I want to start winding down here so I can get you out on time so you can get to your closing. But a couple of final questions for you. The first is, what's, uh, what's the biggest challenge that you're facing right now in your business that we could all learn from? Right now, you know, it's, it's now I'm at the point where I'm, I'm building that internal team. So just making sure to structure those pieces and, and the responsibilities and make sure that I'm laying that foundation for growth. You know, it's not really a struggle. I mean, I have a good idea of what we need to do and, and how we need to do it. But um, it's definitely something that, that I suggest everybody thinks about ahead of time and, and begin to implement those systems and while still taking action. Like, I, I don't like, I want to stress not to overthink things. And, mm. you know, I have investors come to me and start talking to me like in depth about their website and they need to do this with their website and that and that before they start doing anything. And no, you don't, you know, like, like take the action. And I don't want to say what I'm trying to say is don't necessarily just wait till it gets to a point where you need to figure it out. Like Mm. while you're taking action, also be building those those systems um, along the route. Yeah. Great advice. What's one thing that you're just, absolutely knocking out of the park in your business right now that we could all learn from? You know, I think our, our two strong points are acquisitions. So being able to locate those deals, um, analyze them quickly and, and really get aggressive when we like something and then implementing the business plan. You know, once we actually do close on it, um, not wasting any time and getting in there and taking care of business. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're developing a pretty strong reputation for being a team that can go and do that, uh, get in there and really knock out projects at a high level and, and efficiently. Uh, well, look, George, I, I've enjoyed our conversation. I appreciate you, you know, uh, giving us a little bit of insight into your world and what it's looked like over the last uh, you know, few years. It's really been incredible what you and your team have accomplished in a, in a very short period of time. And uh, um, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you, learn more about what you have going on at Elevate? Uh, Best way is probably our website. You know, we keep it updated pretty recent. So elevatecig.com is the website. They can also shoot me an email. It's George or spelled Jorge, J-O-R-G-E at elevatecig.com. They email me that they heard me on this podcast. I will send them some free content got a bunch of checklists and different material that they can use. Cool. Great. We'll have links to that in the show notes. Uh, So if you're listening right now and you've enjoyed the conversation that we've had with George and you want to learn more about what they have going on, go down in the show notes right now, click on one of those links, connect with with George and his team. Again, George, uh, uh, a privilege to have you on the show. Thank you for sharing a little bit about your journey with us. And uh, uh, I wish you the best on your path to a 10,000. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Hey, before you go, if you and I haven't connected yet, please head on over to canovocapital.com. You can join our investor network or download our free Passive Investor's Guide to Multifamily Syndications. Either way, I'd love to connect with you personally. Also, I just want to thank you for listening to the show and providing feedback and reviews. If you haven't already, please, please, please take a second and leave us a rating and written review. 
This helps us to be found by new listeners and helps us attract great guests in the future. Thanks again for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great day.